0: Rosalind Rance is the epitome of resilience as a travel professional for almost 15 years building a multi-million dollar travel business from scratch several times, Roz is the inspiration behind Travel Agent Achievers, which is a company born out of her passion to share her knowledge and expertise with her travel industry peers. With the arrival of the global pandemic, the travel industry as we knew it ground to a halt overnight. And like so many travel professionals, Roz watched as the travel industry disintegrated before her eyes. Not one to shy away from a challenge though, Roz was able not just to save her own business, but was an integral part of supporting other travel professionals to save their businesses too. In our chat today, we're digging deeper into resilience and Roz will share her story and her strategies for sticking with what you love as a business owner when the going gets really tough. Hello, I'm Donna Han, a business coach and an online course creator, and this is the She's in Business podcast. You can think of me as your business bestie, who's a few steps ahead of where you are right now. As a mum fueled with ambition and determination, I've created and sold three businesses, I've learnt the lessons, made mistakes, and I understand the daily juggle and the hustle. I also know what it's like when relationships fray and burnout taps you on the shoulder. That was my world until I reshaped and transformed the way I ran my six-figure business. Today, I help women to transform their businesses and go from being the overwhelmed entrepreneur to becoming the thriving entrepreneur, feeling energized, empowered, and fulfilled within their business lifestyle. I want to inspire your business journey and help you to stop spinning your wheels because I want you to burn bright instead of burning out. And I'll invite other entrepreneurs to share their real life stories too because I want you to know that you're not alone. You can be the savvy entrepreneur that you were born to be and enjoy the freedom to do the things and be present with the people that mean the most to you. So if you're ready to rise to the next level and build a business by design, this is the She's in Business podcast for mums who are made for more. Welcome to another episode of the She's in Business podcast. My name is Donna Han and I am here with I think the most resilient businesswoman I've ever met. Um, when you walk into a room, Roz, if she's there, is just the most warm, inspiring, friendliest person and, oh my God, resilient beyond comprehension. Um, so welcome to the
1: podcast, Rosalind Rance. Thank you so much for having me, Donna. I feel as though you need to press pause right now because I might need to grab a tissue. You've just made me cry <laughs> with that because you've you've flooded back all of these emotions and you and I just spoke before we hit the record button. I am tired and as a mum, you know, we, we, we're trying to do everything, but the emotions have just come up going, oh my God, I really try to be that person. Um, mm. I love humans <laughs> and being around them. Sometimes it's tough to show up, but. Yeah, the tears have just come up to say thank you. That really means the world to me that you said that because sometimes we don't think that we're very strong, yet other people see things from a different angle. Oh,
0: so strong. And I remember the first time that I met you in person because we're part of a business group together and we met in person for the first time in Noosa. When was that? 2000 and...
1: That was Uh. last year, 2021, Noosa. It was in between lockdowns. And mm. it was like this really narrow opening. Let's get together.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I remember having a chat with you and just, you know, discovering who you were and doing the hi, who are you? And what do you do? And all of that kind of stuff. And you started telling me and I was like, holy moly, that's just whoa. And um, and you know, particularly because you know, I live just outside of Gladstone and it's so insular here. And we were kind of in this beautiful pocket where this all of this stuff was happening around the world and you know I hate to say it because I know that some people had like such a different experience but for us living here it was like we're in a little bit of a bubble for a long time eventually that bubble burst and you know COVID came through but for a while there it was very very like safe in that bubble but your experience in telling me just opened my eyes so before we get into all of that kind of stuff um would you share with our lovely listeners who you are, what you do, and kind of what your business journey has been like since you started. Wow, okay.
1: Uh, first of all, this this has been an absolutely crazy time, but I work in travel now, and my whole background, my life has been around hospitality and tourism and education. I became a travel advisor quite late on, a number of people would think, but I came from a corporate background. So I was hospitality and tourism, got into marketing, international education, and I really stopped that career path. After about 12 or 13 years, I was the director of um, international marketing and sales for a group of colleges all over Australia. And my job was to promote Australia as a destination for international students to come and study. And then I progressed through the ranks where I traveled around Australia as like a careers advisor. You know how kids when they're in like year 10 and year 11 and year 9, they get an opportunity to talk to a whole lot of education providers and go and do their career week. And those sorts of things yeah, so yeah. i was there really nurturing the next generation and giving them any guidance or support or encouragement trying to find out what their skills were to what they should do later on in life. Mm. It's a very big very big question at that age mm. and a lot of pressure. So I in that role and as director of sales and marketing, I was responsible for not only international budgets and sales targets and the marketing of the business and getting the message out there to the world, but I was also travelling and I had I was you know <laughs> had a team of sales Staff all over the world that i would fly into a destination so i'd land in south korea and i would present on stage to hundreds of teenagers and their parents and talk about australia as a destination and what it was like to study in australia whatever they were looking to do but i was on the road for you know nine months of the year and mm. even though a lot of people looked at that and said wow you know, you are traveling all over the world, you're in so glamorous, glamorous. so glamorous, and you're in Norway the next week, and then stop over in Singapore. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible, and I don't regret a moment of it. I loved it, but I also just wanted to come home, and as I got Mm. older, you know, it was, it was a beautiful lifestyle, becoming I was missing things at home I was missing family birthdays friends were getting married there were kids mm. that were getting born and so I pretty much made a snap decision to go you know what I need to finish this part of my life right now at the top of my game mm. and I'm gonna be an advisor I'm gonna be a travel agent i I had friends and family and a lot of people asked me, Roz, I'm going to Japan, you know, where should I stay? What should I do? And, you know, what's the train system like? And how do I get around? It was all over the world though. And so for me, geography, I loved, I'd travelled, I had the experience, I had business knowledge. I just didn't understand the travel booking systems. That was purely it for me. And so I only saw that as my one little hurdle. I could do the rest. And I became a travel advisor. A lot of people told me I was really silly why would I leave a high-paying powerful career to work from home as a travel agent like they just thought that I was crazy and I'm mm. like, I wanted the lifestyle I yep. wanted to be able to travel on my own terms I wanted to be able to work from home I wanted to build a business that worked for me and mm. instead of making big companies you know multimillionaires, millionaires I to do something for myself and yeah. so becoming a travel advisor was a really natural progression for me and I started with nothing so I got in I was like oh okay I can help you know my aunt get to London the first experience that I had I'd forgotten to put the taxes on her flights and I was like oh my gosh I'm such <sighs> a idiot but it was understanding the systems right yeah I knew how to market. I knew about business stuff, I knew about cash flow, all of those sorts of things. It was purely the system. So I learned that very, very quickly, and I built a highly profitable travel business within somebody else's business, learnt the numbers and I went, you know what? I need to do more more for myself here. Mm. And I grew it to be selling you know a couple of million dollars of travel a year, and I did that very successfully. and then, a whole lot in my world changed and I mm. had a child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Kids can just change everything. Um, totally. can totally, relate. Absolutely. Totally, yeah. It, and I was listening to one of your podcast episodes, how your experience when kids came along as well. And so for me, I didn't know how to manage both. Like nobody told me how hard it was to just keep a human alive all day, every day. (laughs) I was so used to running a multi-million dollar business on my own that I knew things needed to change. So systems became incredibly important to me. I hired a team. I had other people come into my business so that I could still remain the face of my travel business, but I could have other people assist me in the tasks that I didn't have to do. And so rebuilt the business. So I I took a massive cut initially. I just had to tell clients that I can't can't manage both of these things until I get myself organized. And then rebuilt it again. And I saw very similar patterns happening in the industry with other advisors. And that's where Mm -hmm. Travel Agent Achievers was initially born. More as a hobby to help other people. But then grew from that over um one one thing that I would never have anticipated, which was COVID. Yeah,
0: so you still have your travel agent business or your yeah, yeah um, absolutely I still aside, have- and then you've and then you've got the travel agent achievers, which is where you support and coach and mentor other businesses
1: Correct. to do it really yeah. well, right? Awesome with travel advisors because that's where my heart is, and um, mm. mentoring and coaching travel advisors to build the business that they absolutely deserve to have and that they want to have but they've become stuck in the doing so I help yeah, yeah. them with their systems with their marketing with their sales with their processes with dealing with clients and um, yeah all of those all of the things behind the scenes because I know how good they are at actually booking travel and being the face of the business yeah
0: yeah Absolutely. Can you tell me and share with me, what was the health of the travel industry like before COVID
1: was even a thing? Like before it was even on our radar, what was that like? Oh, it was fantastic. We were seeing... You know, booming trends for advisors for travel businesses and the growth of them, but also for the consumer. So I know that there's some statistics around um, pre-COVID. The Australian population, for instance, they were spending about three thousand dollars per person to travel internationally each year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now it wasn't everybody that spent that, or it wasn't everybody that travelled. Whereas now pre-post-COVID, we're seeing it's five thousand dollars. Is that people are spending on average to travel because the landscape has changed so much. Mm. But for, for the industry in general, there was a huge spike and progress in the cruising industry. We we're seeing you know mega ships come to Australia, lots of high-end luxury that whole market was increasing. But also just in general, you know, a lot of people wanted to go and see family and friends and we were traveling very regularly in order to do that. Uh, A lot of the younger generation were taking gap years or, you know, going over to Europe and having their Kentucky holidays and experiencing the world straight out of school. The industry was quite healthy. There was always been, though, companies that go under, there's always pressure of different stuff happening that's across any business and I think we've seen it really highlighted and a huge focus specifically on travel but as an advisor a lot of it is outside of our control now Mm -hmm. we are there because we have the knowledge the expertise we have the the skill set to help our clients achieve the dreams that they want. We really want to curate an experience and those memories that they're forever going to have. It's one of the very precious things in life to be able to explore this incredible planet that we live on. And Mm. having an expert in your quarter to give you the guidance and the support is just something that I don't think is recognised enough. And our our training, like you'd be surprised. A lot of people say in business, oh, yeah, it might spend an hour a week working on my business. Well, a mm-hmm. travel advisor will be attending two, three, four training sessions a week, not just on the systems that we use, but also on product knowledge and mm. destination knowledge and specific hotels that are coming out. We're always reading, always learning so that we've got everything there for the consumer. So the industry was very healthy And, you know, we were being compensated by airlines or by providers. Um, There wasn't necessarily, particularly here in Australia, there wasn't the willingness, I think, from an advisor to respect themselves or their self-worth or their knowledge and their expertise. They weren't necessarily charging clients Mm. for that information. They were really just relying on suppliers to be paying them a wage in order to keep themselves have mm. blown a roof over their heads. That has completely changed now. Post-pandemic, a lot of the suppliers are reducing their commissions to us. Um, airlines wow. have pretty much cut it all out. So I have no idea about this side of it. Yeah, there's there's this whole different side of things going on that as an advisor and a travel business owner, the struggle is even worse now. Like oh. through COVID, a lot of advisors were If they were able to, and this is, you know, a whole jungle a jigsaw piece in itself, if they were able to get money back, then that's what they were doing and they were handing back the money to clients. But what Mm -hmm. clients haven't realized is that a lot of that was being paid by a supplier and that's what kept a roof over an advisor's head. So they Mm. were actually handing back money that they may have used to put dinner on the table three months ago, um, you know, waiting for that to travel and they went backwards. So we have seen a huge decline in experts in the industry because they had to go and get second jobs. There wasn't Mm. the funding or the support for them to stay and keep their business afloat, or they've just decided, you know what, I've had one too many kicks in the guts. I can't do this anymore. And they've decided to leave the industry. So there's been this huge exodus. And Mm -hmm. this is what I'm seeing now is that the advisors that have been able to hang in there or stick around their courage and resilience is so strong, Mm. but it's tough. And we're trying to change the industry. We're trying to change the consumer perception that, you know what, we do have the experience, the knowledge, the expertise, the destination information, know which right, the suppliers are going to be right for you. Um, Mm -hmm. How can we make sure that your money is protected here in Australia? Because even that, we saw money go offshore and we can't get that back. There's no legal, you know, um, system for us. And our travel systems aren't designed to go backwards, which is why Mm. even now I'm seeing 18 months, two years later, we are still trying to get refunds for clients. So if as a... Raveler, any of your listeners are out there, we have done everything that we possibly can to get you the best possible outcome. And we are continuing to try and do that to make sure that as a consumer, you'll be able to travel in the future, that suppliers are still going to be there, airlines are going to be Mm. there. Um, but as business owners, we also need to be there as well to support through this time.
0: Yeah. Wow, like I just didn't realize like you see it all sort of happening, but who tells the story of what it's like as a travel professional in,
1: like, I just, wow, that's We've kind of like send me a bit of a spin in my head. <laughs> We've all gone quiet because the media just bagged, you know, the industry out so badly mm. and it became this massive bashing that advisors have gone, you know what, I don't need this. Mm. I've seen so much devastation that I can't even talk about it and the tears mm. just come up for me because... Yeah hard yeah Mm.
0: and do you remember when you started seeing it like how did you hear about COVID like what was when did you first discover that this thing was happening on the other side of the planet and
1: it was something to really sit up and take notice about Whoa, I knew about it before it was even a thing so and the reason why I knew about it and this wasn't everybody it wasn't the industry it wasn't any big secret the only reason that I knew about it was because I had a very specialist client that would send people to China mm-hmm. in order to get products to bring back to Australia that they would then sell on Amazon and Shopify and those sorts of things so yeah. I I was specifically sending clients to China to experience that and when I started to see it come out well of course China shut down first and so I started to see the ramifications for that and right we need to be bringing people home really quickly we need to make sure that everybody is safe there so I I knew about it in like November I think November Mm -hmm. December and was just keeping an eye on it because as a, a travel advisor I see stuff that's happening all over the world that the general consumers don't see um Mm -hmm. we know about things that are happening pretty much in real time or very quickly and so we would make assumptions which you know we all know what assume means to Mm -hmm. make an ass out of you or me but for for us it was really what's happening is this going to stay is Mm. this going to gain traction And we have to also try and predict that. and None of us have a crystal ball. Nobody does. So we were just doing everything that we possibly could to make sure our clients were safe, but keep an ear out what's happening over there. How's it all Mm. panning out to make sure that our clients in the future were going to be safe?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then so in those first early days, you said that you're trying to get people home and all of that kind of stuff. Did you have a strategy? You know, once you had a sense that this is sticking around, this is a very serious, real thing, putting damage control measures in place. Like what was the first thing that you did for your own business? And then what did you do when you realized that this was affecting so many other, like was travel agent achievers around before COVID or did that come it was, out of the it,
1: it was, but it, it didn't have as big a, an impact, I think, because I was, I was treating it like a hobby <laughs> Yeah, and having a, a multi-million dollar travel business myself, it was finding the time and the right, the right place for travel agent achievers. It was more of a fun thing and giving travel advisors Mm -hmm. the tools and tips to systemize and organize their business, but there wasn't a real push from myself. So as you know, we got wind that the borders were going to close we were straight for me and my team we were straight on the phone to our clients and i at that moment i remember a phone call to clients that were skiing in japan um we knew about it about a week beforehand and i was preparing all of my clients to say are you sure you want to travel this is going to be the ramifications if you decide to travel i might have to cut it short or um you know if you decide not to go you're going to lose a lot of money because there was nothing really in place to say, if you don't travel, you can or can't get your money back. Like there was it mm. was a really gray area. So as soon as we knew, and I think we were given maybe 48 hours before the borders would have shut, I had clients that were in Japan skiing and I called them, I woke them up and said, the borders are going to close in 24 hours. I need you to pack your gear today. I need you to get to Tokyo airport and I will have you on a flight tonight. And they were like, what are you talking about? Like, come on, Roz, we've just got here and it's, Parents, (laughs) it was their first holiday away from the kids. They wanted to have a bit of fun. And I was like, I just need to get you home. I want you to be safe. We don't know how long the borders are going to be shut for. We don't know what's going on. I just need to bring you home. And so the lucky thing is that they trusted me with that. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that I know for myself and the advisors that are part of our community. We have the skills, we have the expertise, and we also can run at this high adrenaline pace when there is disaster happening all around mm. us we can remain super cool under pressure to say these are the things that need to happen in order to get our clients home safely so for me those clients trusted me and they packed their bags they left their ski <laughs> destination um, made their way back to Tokyo by the time they arrived in Tokyo off the bullet train I had them on business class seats that night I think it might have cost them you know two hundred dollars each and yes They had lost a couple of days of ski passes, but the fact was that they were on that plane, they were coming home and they were able to get into Australia before the borders closed so they didn't have to go into quarantine and all of the other Mm. things that you and I know then happened. Yeah, Um, It then became an absolute disaster from there. So for us, it was let's find out what's happening with the airlines, let's find out what's happening with suppliers. We were working around the clock, but I Mm. knew as a business owner the things that I needed to do were check my cash flow. Mm-hmm. It yeah, was yeah. right. Where are we at? How long can we survive without you know, commission or payments or service fees or any of those sorts of things? It was also where are our clients right now? And I worked on a day-to-day basis, but I also said to my team, I need you guys to be on the phone to Qantas for five hours at a time. I need you to be abreast of all of the information that's coming at us so that we can then determine what's going to be the best course of action for our clients. And we Mm -hmm. were seeing like three to four rule changes a day in those very first days
0: confusing, like from where yeah. I was sitting, let alone from where you were
1: sitting. Yeah, it was confusing. But I knew what I had to do as the face of the business. I had to be live. So I was on Facebook um, a couple of times a day in those first few weeks just to tell our clients what was going on, what we were hearing, what we knew, what the facts were, because the media also went on this whole rant as well. And I had to just keep very consistent to say I will deliver the facts. And I will tell Mm -hmm. you exactly what's going on and what we know specific for your travel. And I then worked day to day. Who's traveling next? How can we then take care of them? Who's traveling next? How can we take care of them? And for me, it was just being the face.
0: In the spirit of gift giving, since it's my birthday month and because Christmas is just around the corner, I've got a free resource to thank you for being a podcast listener. During the silly season, I know firsthand that juggle of business and family is a little crazier than normal. So to save you some time when it comes to social media marketing, over the silly season, I have 25 Christmas Canva templates that you can download for free and personalize them to your business. If you wanna go grab them, head to Donahan.com forward slash silly season. you manage your own resilience how did you you know keep stepping forwards keep moving through it without just falling in a heap which I'm sure at some point maybe you did and maybe there was times <laughs> where you it was, was like just I just have away?
1: to <laughs> put to a pillow and then I back <laughs> yeah absolutely I think that that's a really important thing to bring up is you know how it was and the mental health for me I've always been a really positive person, always glass glass half full. I always look for the positive. I always look for the wins. I always look for the good and the bright side of things. So even though it was incredibly challenging and hard, and, yeah, I was in tears. I've got photos even when I speak on stage now. I've got a video. I've got photos of me with what I call the ugly cry because, the face is puffy. The eyes are red. I'm holding a glass of wine. For me, I'm very blessed with a husband who is incredibly supportive. My son as well always made me smile. And he even says now, he's like, Mama, do you have to go on Zoom? Do you have to do this? And I'm like, yeah, mate, this is this is my world. I need to be talking to these people. Um, so I'm very, very fortunate and privileged to have that support structure around me but i was also allowed to cry just get it out when i needed to yes. and have you know communities around me so that's where the community that you and i are both a part of with her empire builder it was a safe place yeah and i didn't have to share all the the crappy stuff that was going on i didn't have to do that but just to have other people around me that were also going through tough times was in itself, really positive for me to go, you know what, I can still help somebody else. And that makes me feel good. One of the reasons why I created this podcast is to really help
0: share the journey when it's not smooth sailing, because business isn't always smooth sailing. It's, it's a hard gig. um, And so I don't want listeners to feel alone. I want them to have a sense that what they're experiencing is maybe, you know, normal in, in the world of business. Um, And You know, as you explained, business can be tough and curveballs can come our way and we just need to kind of be ready to deal with those things but also, um, you know, have that resilience, have, you know, when things don't go to plan, those coping skills. So if you could offer maybe three things, three tips, advice, three learnings perhaps that you've had through your journey as a business owner, um, when things get tough to cope, You know, what would the kind of things that you would be that you would be able to share to be able to, I guess, work through that and come out the other side feeling maybe stronger, maybe, you know, having a new skill that you've developed or a new way, a new strategy of managing what you
1: do? I've always been um, a learner, you know, education is really important. To me, but I don't think I don't see it in the traditional sense. And this is one thing that I love about you, Donna, and what you have with she's in business and your podcast and your courses and your programs and those sorts of things. Very similar as females, as mothers, as business owners. I think community and education is incredibly important. So for me, I've never stopped learning. It's the learning and being around people that are supportive, that mm. get you, because I, I I, can't talk to my husband about certain things. He doesn't get it or he just wants to fix. Yeah. get it. They don't he get it. He doesn't get it, but he <laughs> wants to fix it. So I think having that community and the education is incredibly important. I'm never going to stop any of that. And a lot of people say to me, Oh my gosh, Rose, you know, you're part of this and you're part of that. And you know, all of these people. Yeah. I love it. I yeah, love it. Too. I absolutely love it. Um, So that's been a really big thing for me to help me get through those tough times to help me because I'm not alone mm-hmm. and it being a part of a community and a support group like that. And I say support group, you know, quite lightly, <laughs> but also yeah. with some, sincerity because I know that if I was to call you you would just completely understand you'd be like yeah I went through that as well a couple of years ago and this is how I dealt with it Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: is not only educational for me but it's also a transferring of support there as well to say hey I've got you
0: and I'm just holding space without judgment just holding space for someone to speak about what they're going through what they're feeling what the challenge is and yeah you know I think we can, there's that natural instinct sometimes to want to fix it and offer advice or ideas, but sometimes it's also just about sitting in that space.
1: Correct. Yeah, sitting and listening. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's been a really big thing to get through is having the education and continual education and also the support in the community. Um, Now on, on the back of that education, it's also about implementation. Yeah. If I didn't act on the business knowledge that I was gaining over the years or the people that I was being mm. surrounded by, there's no way that I would be where I'm at now. Absolutely yep. no way. And the networking and seeing who is an expert in different areas and being able to talk to them and get their insights and skills, that's huge. And I think as business owners and especially as mums in business or you know women in business, I think that that's a, a really supportive community And we can be there for one another. But I also find that females are more willing to give of themselves and Mm. support others when either they ask or they're there and we can show up for one another. So I love that as well. That's definitely helped me get through. Yeah,
0: awesome. Something that I coach my clients through is looking for the lesson in the experience, especially the really tough experiences because I feel like those things that really test us, also bring the the best lessons so now that we're seeing the travel industry start to kind of get back on its feet a little bit right as you said there's still a long way to go there um but what would you say has been the greatest lesson for you that has come out of all of this from a
1: business perspective two things. Uh, One is collaboration over competition. Uh, Definitely in the travel industry pre-COVID, it was every man for himself and there was a lot of competition amongst agents and coming from a scarcity point of view so collaboration over competition would definitely be the first thing that I am so proud of our industry but also as business uh, individuals as well that we can come through the tough times together the second part of though and I think the greatest lesson and this is for anyone in business would have to be that education is important but you need to know your numbers. Mm. (laughs) If you don't know your numbers or you're sticking your head in the sand, then I highly recommend, you know, do a, a short course or speak to somebody that knows more than you so that you can just start looking at them and understanding them. Know what your minimum viable product is. Know what your base level, like what are the costs that, or what do you need coming in? Yeah so that you can cover your costs. And then from that, you know, I think it's ground up. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well,
0: like so many travel professionals that you've helped in the travel agent achievers space, I'm so grateful for your time today um, in sharing your experience and your advice around resilience and also educating me as well on the way that the travel industry works because I've got a whole new level of appreciation now travel professionals which I didn't have before Um, you're one in a million and the world is so lucky to have you Ross so thank you so much for your
1: time today my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Donna. I am forever grateful for you, your friendship and the work that you do for your community. And it's an honour and a privilege to be here to talk to you today. So thank you so much for having me. And, you know, let's get out and start exploring the world again. I can't wait to travel with you in the future. And I know that we will be doing some together. Yes, but a lot more in the future. Donna. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. Thanks, Rose.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the She's in Business podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it on Instagram and Facebook, and I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review on iTunes. Be sure to include your business name and Insta handle so I can give you a shout out too. If you want to know more about what I do, the programs that I offer, then head over to www.donnahan.com and follow me on Instagram at Donna underscore Han underscore S-I-B. I hope this podcast inspires you to be courageous and take action in carving out your very own business by design, where you can avoid burnout and shine like the universe is yours.